Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Romance at a Glance, the season finale of our fantasy series. I'm your host, Bridget. With me today is our producer, Jane. Hi, Jane. Hi, Bridget. Sadly, 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 Shawnee is not joining us for this episode, and she is dearly, dearly missed. Yes, but happy day. She's in Costa Rica on a family trip, so she's living her best life, and we are here in our respective states living ours. I want to say a very, very special happy birthday <gasps> to our very own Jane. Oh, thank you. Happy birthday, Jane. I thank you, Bridget. I'm 21. I can now drink responsibly. Uh, we did a little bar crawl for my birthday on like a few days ago, uh, and it was such such fun. Uh, I sent you some very embarrassing videos that thankfully did not go through, but uh, maybe if <laughs> you're feeling it, I'll try to find them and send them to you later. Yes, please. Uh, but yeah, it was awesome. That's I'm so excited to hear. Jane was going on her bar crawl, and I was like, let me give you my pro tips <laughs> not to die on a bar crawl. And I followed them. Since this is your first one. Yes, I followed them, and I did not die. Everybody else did. I, I nursed several sick ladies, but I did not get sick. I was responsible. So thank you for those tips. You're very, very welcome. Well, happy to hear that you had a great birthday. And I'm just excited. I think that fantasy has been very fun. Mm -hmm. And up next, we have historicals. And we're going to have some very fun guests on the show that Jane has been chatting with. And I, for one, am excited to get into a little pomp and circumstance. I am too. I will say, like, the Regency and the historical stuff, those are my faves. I think that's what gets most people into romance is young, young children. I actually have, um, like, a 16-year-old co-worker at the ice cream bar I work at. She loves Bridgerton, and she's never heard of Jane Austen. She's never heard of, like, any of those other things. So I was, like, telling her all this stuff to watch. I'm so excited yes. for her to watch it. I'm, like, hounding her about it. Like, when have you seen Have you seen Pride and Prejudice? She doesn't even know what Pride and Prejudice is. <gasps> She's never heard of it. I don't even understand how that's possible, though, because most people read it in school at some point in high school. I guess not anymore. I mean, she's 16, so maybe she's not even at that point yet, but very excited for her. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, when she turns 18, she can listen to our podcast. <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily appropriate for a 16-year-old, but yeah, yeah. you know what? To the parents out there, if you choose to let your 16-year-old listen, that's on you, but I, for one... <laughs> <laughs> know that we are explicitly awesome and so maybe not for the best for young ears as you know shawnee and i like to tell a lot of stories and some of them are crazy saucy. and some of them don't even make the podcast and only make patreon because they're too crazy for the podcast and speaking of patrons, we want to give a huge shout out to our amazing roster of patrons. You guys are the bomb. You are helping us create all this content and pay for the hosting of our website and the hosting of this podcast and helping to pay for all the extra little goodies and things that we need to keep it all running. So we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I would like to say thank you to Jory, Hannon, Virginie, Jolene, Soul, Cotton Candy Temptress, Summer, Christine, Nikki, Callan, Amanda, Nisi, Kelsia, Bridget, Name Twin, Catherine, Natalie, Brendan, Nina, Virgo Chic 84, Daniela, and Molly C, our OGs. You guys, we love you so much. We're so happy to have you as part of the Patreon fam. If you guys would like to go to Patreon and support the show, you can go to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance, or you can head into the bio or on the website and pop that link and head right there. 
Remember, if you go to Patreon and try to search us, you won't find us because, as I said, we are explicitly awesome. And they do have a block for anyone under 18. So make sure you type in the URL as I stated it. Patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance. And thank you, thank you. You guys are the bomb.com. Jane, tell us what else we have upcoming. When Shani returns, we have a very special, special secret prize for all the Patreon people. Ooh, you guys, patrons, I want you to know this prize is so secret. Jane and I don't (laughs) even know what it is. That means it's going to be real good because it's coming from Shani. And you know Shani is always trying to hook people up. Yeah. So, Jane, today... We are going to be talking about A Touch of Stone and Snow by Mila Vane. And we decided to do book two, you guys, of this series because book one has been done on a bunch of other romance podcasts. And so because the books are in a series but technically stand alone, we decided, you know what, let's do book two. Not a lot of people talked about book two. And the covers have gone around the Bookstagram community because they are very nice. And so we were very excited to round out season whatever number we're in of fantasy <laughs> with a little bit of uh, Gathering of Dragons. Mm, too. Good, a good finale episode, I think. It's going to be good. All right. Well, without further ado, uh, let's get this shit popping. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What'd you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. It's Okay, everyone, as I said, A Touch of Stone and Snow, Millivane, book two of The Gathering of Dragons. As you all know, Fantasy Romance, our last one of this season, but never fear, Fantasy Romance will always come back because it is such a fun genre. What did you think of the cover art, Jane? Um, okay. Extremely misleading for me. I did not read the first book prior to this, okay. uh, which certainly would have been enlightening. Okay. But the cover of this is like a little slutty <laughs> midriff exposing armor moment and flowing hair with snow whipping past with the guy holding a sword. I thought this was going to be, I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be an Ice Planet Barbarian situation, but with magical warrior dudes. Okay. was fully convinced it was going to be like... Okay. Ooga booga, I drag you to my cave and traumatize Jane with extreme lack of plumbing and hygiene practices. <laughs> and then you get pregnant in my cave. <laughs> Maybe there's a wild animal on the mountain okay. that we would live or I kidnapped you and made you live with me. So that's the vibe the cover gave me. Uh, so in short, I was okay. scared, frightened even of the cover. <laughs> that's my review of the cover. <laughs> oh my God, Jane, I love you so much. I... Um, I also think after reading the book that the cover is misleading only because it makes it seem like there's going to be a central male character who's going to be this like physical mm-hmm. force of barbarian like horde like leading the way through and like ravaging and stuff mm-hmm. like that which was not the mm-hmm. case which is not to say I don't like those books because I obviously do if you guys mm-hmm. listen to podcasts you know I do like ravagement <laughs> as needed but um in this case, I do think the cover was a bit misleading. It makes it seem like it's definitely going to be more, I mean, barbaric, I guess, for a lack of a better term, more primitive mm-hmm. fighting, more primitive, like, societies. But I did not feel like that was the case. Also, like, she's the main character of this book, and obviously there is no female on the cover, so... Uh, that was also a little bit misleading. Yeah, I mean, it did. It had a dual perspective going on, but like it was definitely more focused on Lizen. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I was just surprised yeah. when I started reading. For me, it was a pleasant surprise. For you, though, maybe, maybe not. 
No, it was a pleasant surprise. First of all, it was a pleasant surprise. Like from the first sentence of the book, I was like, oh, she can write. Mm-hmm. Hooray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I like that. super down. <laughs> and I was very excited about that because fantasy for me. So like if I'm reading like as Shani likes to call them a potato chip mm-hmm. book, the I obviously prefer really good writing to not really good writing. But as long as the writing flows and I'm like it stays consistent and they don't like break the world or anything, I don't mind too much, especially if I'm like it's like 200 pages or 250 maybe and I'm reading like fairly quickly. But if it's something like this where there's a lot of world building and a lot of detail and I have to really pay attention to each word and pay attention and the writing is just like okay or even bad, I can't get through it. Um, Because it's harder for me to obviously read these books fast just because there's just more depth going on in terms of the plot and who's who and the sort of political intrigues and all this stuff. So I was super excited that, that, like, just from the jump, I was like, ooh. Ooh, good writing. I, like I will it. say, I I agree. Yeah, I was excited the writing was going to be good. Um, but there was this, and I'm sure we'll talk a little more about this later, this thing she kept doing where she was trying to, like, immerse you in the fantasy, where it was, like, kind of Yoda-like. Not a thing did she worry about, and, like, not, mm. not a mm-hmm. trace did she leave, or not a worry did they have. Like, the way the sentence structure was, that sometimes mm-hmm. it was, like, a little much, because I just, like, kept noticing it over and over again. But it wasn't that bad, uh, but it was also, it was that bad. <laughs> it annoyed me a little bit. <laughs> uh, also, there was the world building in this. It was, the world building was okay. Like, I think I would have definitely, if you're going into the series, I think it probably is better to start with the first book and not just read whichever, because it was very difficult for me to get through a good chunk of this book in the beginning, because it's so much info dumping and, like, names that I've never mm-hmm. heard of before and places never heard of before, mm-hmm. and I, I still don't know what the system yeah. of everything yeah. is. And she did one thing, which, had we read the first book first, I would have appreciated, but having not read it, I was like, mm-hmm. ah! Mm -hmm. what's happening so a lot of times in books two three four five six whatever and they spend so much time recapping what happened in the previous book that you're like i just read it i already know what's going on like give me like a paragraph and move the fuck on Mm -hmm. but in this book they mentioned blackmore and they mentioned some stuff and i was like oh but give me just like one or two sentences more just give me like a quick glimmer as to like what the hell it was like it was like talking about like a grand quest and like boiling aisles and like all this stuff for like a few sentences in a in a conversation um that everyone's like oh yeah Yeah. i remember that yeah remember that happened yeah Yeah, anyways (laughs) yeah and i was like no i don't remember what happened who did what what happened? Does it even bear any sort of relation to this book? Because like the weird thing about it was they talked about it and it doesn't really matter for this book. Mm -hmm. Like once you get into it and like once they actually are sort of fighting the big bad of the book, like it doesn't actually matter what happened in the other kingdoms aside from they use some insights into like how they killed their respective sort of demons oh, they used this, oh, they did teamwork, oh, they did whatever, and then they kind of cobble that together and like, okay, well, we're going to try all that shit together and hope something works so that we can kill ours. But aside from that, it was like, I don't don't feel like I really needed to read the other book, but I do agree with you. I think it would have been easier to understand the whole realm. Yeah. Uh, this this book felt like more like a series of short adventures that they went on and didn't really have any like it didn't feel like it mm-hmm. had much bearing to the overarching plot besides getting the alliance together which I guess is like the gathering of dragons is the alliance that they're getting together right, right. yeah right. but I I like I think 
another small weakness of this fantasy-wise is that big thing with high fantasy is you really like all the different kingdoms and the worlds and the cultures and the magics that exist. But in this book, they mention them, but you never see them. Like, you visit a couple towns, but otherwise you're just going on these short adventures and then just, like, bogging the conversation down with all this mention of the places that they visited or the places that exist or the alliance that they're making. And you don't really know anything about the places, like, at all. Like, there's, it's just words. Like, mm-hmm. you don't get to see anything. Right. And that, a little bit, is my problem with this book, that it talks a big game and then you don't see yeah. that much of what it tells you you're going to get. Yeah. And it's a little disconnected. Yeah, because even when the different cultures were on the road together, like you don't get the sense that like, oh, they're cooking something different yeah. or oh, they're like clothes are different or oh, like they mention a little bit that like, oh, the Southerners are going to have to get warmer clothes and like that the Northerners are like bare chested, mm-hmm. even though the Southerners are chilly because it's like so hot for them. But they don't really lean into like the what makes that tick. Mm-hmm. And and especially I thought interpersonally, like typically in in just life, but also in books, they give a little bit more like, oh, men and women interact in this way, or royals and non-royals interact in this way. Mm-hmm. And the other culture thinks that's weird. So like one culture, it might be like a full supplication thing. And then another culture, like they can't look them in the eye or this culture, they're like best friends and that, you know, and they eat together and ride together and there's no separation. And I thought, I thought adding a little bit more of that would have like also helped me like distinguish who was who. Cause like mm-hmm. you said, there's a lot of names that you get right at the beginning and and it was hard for me to like separate aside from Lizen, who's clearly the main character, and Arax, who's clearly her paramour. Like everyone else, like I kept having to be like, wait a minute, was he the monk or wait, which person was right. that person? Yeah. And like I thought the best scene to clear everything up was the scene where they're all actually in the temple towards the end and they've run away from that wraith. And the younger two, the prince and the <laughs> the soldier, are across the way, and they don't know that everyone can hear them because they're like standing in the mm-hmm. middle of this like, like magical temple cavern. where everyone yeah, yeah, in the yeah. whole place can hear them. They're in an <laughs> oh echo chamber, God. and so and the girl is like fifteen years old, and she's like, "No, we can't be together because you see what happened to my brother and her. They only can have sex with someone in between them because they are fully committed to the <laughs> other god." And like they like, <laughs> and she goes through like every single Everyone's person drama. in the book about everyone who they want to have sex with who they're kissing who they're not kissing (laughs) why she goes through like the reasoning behind it i thought that scene was just like so brilliant because everyone's listening to her and like some people are just like blushing so red because they're embarrassed (laughs) some people are just like nodding like yeah that's true like i i thought it was Oh, that was great. That was I that's the best character building scene of the thing. And if I had if that scene hadn't been there, I would have no idea who anybody is at all. The only reason I even know their names yeah. is because of that yeah. scene. Although I will say a little it feels extremely silly to me that almost the entire group they ride with is boning each other. Like Sarah's with Teason or whatever, then like the two guards, like Adil and Kalira together. And mm-hmm. then, oh, the, mo- the monk wants to be in a polyamorous relationship with <laughs> Adil and Kalir. And like that one, the cavern yeah. scene where they all hear the drama, that everything just resolves really well. Like everyone just decides we're going to yeah. be all together now in a little little group. We'll all pair yeah. off. I like that the, the first thing the lady says, um, the lady uh, knight says, or protector lady, I don't know what her title is. She goes, she goes to the monk, like, we'd eat you alive. And he's like, yeah, but that sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. I was like, yeah, you tell him. 
And she's like, we can't be with you forever. And he's like, one day I'll get married and I'll have children and I'll live a wonderful life. And he's like, but for now, like, I want you guys and I want adventure. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, good for you, bro. Because so many times other people decide for you Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, but I can't be what you need long term. And it's like, cool, who's asking you for (laughs) old age? Yeah. I'm asking you to sit on the peak right this moment. (laughs) That's what I'm asking for. Not asking for fucking 50 years. Mm -hmm. I'm asking for... Some craziness mm-hmm. in this temple. Mm-hmm. Speaking of craziness in the temple, I almost oh wish Shawnee was here because I'm sure she would have been mad that they had sex in that temple. <laughs> I the same thought. I have the same thought, yeah. The whole conversation leading into it, I was like, uh-oh, no, Shawnee's not going to like this. But I don't even know if she got to that part, honestly. I don't think she did because she had to go out of town before we recorded this. So, I, so basically what happens for everyone listening is they have this thing, which I think was very romantic, which is called a moon night. So they they lose their virginity on a full moon to honor the goddess Vela. And both of them are virgins because even though they've been apart for 10 years, they both like waited for each other. And it's their moon night. And they are, anyways, they have to go into this temple. They're trying to rescue people. All these shenanigans happen. And they're like, they don't want to wait till another moon night. And it's quickly getting close to dawn. And he's like, all I have to do is like breach your barrier. And that's it. Like we don't have to actually have sex right now. But then we can have sex tomorrow because we've, you know, had our moon night. And she's like, okay, let's do it. And so they, like, go off in, like, a slight corner. And she tells him he can have three cr- three thrusts. <laughs> oh and God. then he just, like, grinds into her. And I was like, good for you, bro. Yeah, you take advantage. She's like, he's cheating, but I like it. She's like, I like his style. I like his style. But also, I was like, Shawnee would have been like, there's a yeah. right outside. This is not the time. Literally a monster outside. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, I couldn't get through. There was a magical mm-hmm. door. There was plenty of time for a quick three thrust. <laughs> Just three, though. Just three. Um, do you, I, mean, I don't think you've gone through the synopsis yet. Do you want to go through the synopsis? I don't think anyone knows what we're talking about right now. Oh, my goodness. All right, well, let's flash back to the synopsis. Okay, so. The Destroyer is the big bad evil of this series, and he is imminently returning. And last time he went through the realms, he just left everything in turmoil. All his armies were just raping and pillaging and killing everyone and leaving behind sort of empty husks of demons and wraiths and also just like people who were starving because they destroyed all the crops and all this other stuff. So it's been a while since he's been back, like a whole generation. So people have started to like kind of come back and their societies have come back, but now he's back. So Lizen is the main character and she was a former captain in a Kothan army, but she was out fighting with her soldiers and everyone was massacred. She was the only survivor and it was because they were not fighting bandits. They were indeed fighting wraiths, but no one believed her. And so she got exiled and her name was struck from the book of names of the Kothan people, which basically means that no Kothan person can ever look at her or acknowledge her presence ever again. And she was shunned and sent away. So she's now kind of an alcoholic who wanders in solitude as a mercenary for hire And she ends up encountering a group of sort of warriors and royals who are trying to make alliances to stop the Destroyer. And it includes Eryx, who is the bastard Prince of Koth, who was her childhood best friend and, like, young person, paramour and lover. And they always thought they were going to be together until she got exiled. And he did not stand in the way of her exile, so she thinks that he, like, hates her and she hates him and and that he's changed from the boy she once knew now that he's a prince. 
And he has just been put on a terrible path because it turns out that their realm was not protected from the destroyer because the ancestor who started the island basically trapped all of the souls of everyone who dies on the island. So they're all trapped in the basement and a royal has to bleed on the seal every day to keep them all inside. And he's trying to figure out a way to free them all. And that's why he sent her away to save her. And sort of that's where the story starts, that they meet again on the road. And he's like, yo, let's get back together. I love you. And she's like, you sent me away, you little bitch. (laughs) They resolved that pretty fast, though. I actually was so happy. I thought it was going to be an entire half a book of them going, of just angst and then going Mm -hmm, back and mm -hmm. forth and like him telling her the truth and her not believing him or him withholding the truth and her being like, well, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was like, so great how she, how much she leaned into them being childhood friends and him just being like i had to say like that was the only way i could think to save you from getting killed was to send you away and i loved her response which was like don't you think i would have left mm-hmm. like don't you think i wanted to live and i would have been smart enough to realize that was the only option you took the choice though mm-hmm. but you should have told me what ha- what was going on so that i knew so that i knew you weren't just sending me away Like, I could have chose to go. And then she also has, in the battle, she got very scarred on her her face. I like that detail. And anyone who uh, betrays the goddess on a goddess quest gets scarred in the same way, except for they have, like, an extra one on their other side. So everyone in the southern kingdoms thinks that she has betrayed her goddess quest, and they all shun her. And so he thinks he's sending her into exile to, like, be free. And she's, like, a great person. And she's smart and, like, a warrior. So he thinks she's fine. And she's been just living the last 10 years all alone, mm-hmm. shunned, and, like, treated terribly. Which, yeah, which is good good angst. So my – I really like angst. I'm an angst fan. I don't like drawn-out misunderstandings. So I was also glad when they yeah. like, resolved that really quickly. But – there was a part of the book that I really liked because I thought it was going to be a cool setup for the rest of the book. So they get together. She's pissed at him, but, you know, they can't resist each other because they have such a connection. Of course not. And they have a little hanky-panky in, like, a hot tub type place. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. But then... Ooh, that was a good scene. There was an angsty part where she was like, we can't be together Um because of blah 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 but also because we don't know each other anymore because mm. it's been like it's been a really long time since they've like 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 nine or ten years i think ten, ten years. years yeah mm-hmm. um, the quote i think is blah 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 you're so beautiful man and then he's like mm-hmm. most people are fools and she goes as i am she said with a sigh such a fool to be here with you as if nothing between us has changed as if we are not strangers to each other now her words caught arax by the throat we are not he said hoarsely we are arax we hardly know each other for 10 years we have barely even spoken i thought this was such a cool part of like yes they love each other but they love like a memory and they've both really changed and she mm-hmm. impresses that on him like he says like no 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 we know each other we know each other and she's like really like you haven't changed from in 10 years you're the same person and he's like no i'm not and she's like i'm not either so we can't be together because of all this stuff going on um and because we don't know each other maybe one day and he's like yeah one day i'm coming back for you and that was great and then they didn't really follow through on that in the rest of the book after that they were just pretty much they spent <laughs> all their time together uh, did several other, like, steamy scenes in, like, the woods and on the ground and in, like, a tent. 
um, and like mm-hmm. never left each other alone. And there was none of that. They promised me something, and I didn't get it. I love angst. Like I think it would have been great. You didn't get the. You didn't get them relearning exactly. Each exactly. Other. Like they just did actually already know each other. And there is another good part where he finds out because she gets a quest when she's drunk, but it's not really a quest. But it is. But it's not. Uh, the quest is to protect Arax and then to restore honor to her name by dying in glorious battle um, because she's depressed. And he finds out and he's super pissed. And then there's like a few pages where he won't talk to her. And then after that, he's like, ah, I can't stay mad at you. And they go on. Well, after that, he recognized. Yeah, because after that. So he's so. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's so mad at her. And then she gets sent out by the people at the inn. And they attack. They like base because they think that she betrayed her thing. And they are about to, they're trying to kill her and, like, throw an axe at her. <laughs> and It just bombs her in the he head. <laughs> and the, he and the, like, essentially what I imagine being, like, a saber-toothed yeah. tiger come out and are about to, like, kill all these townspeople. And she steps in front of one of the townspeople to save them, even though that person just tried to kill her. And then she explains, like, what her life has been. And after that, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't begrudge you your choice anymore. Mm-hmm. Because, I, which, again, I kind of feel like was, like, him, part of that same thing you were talking about where he had to learn, like, who she was now and what she had been through. I do think that they, like, went through that stuff pretty quick and mm-hmm. it could have been a little bit longer. Like, they could have known each other's bodies but then learned a little bit more about, like, their, their like, actual changes in their personalities. Right. Um, I did like one of my favorite quotes was what he said right after that when he's like trying to convince her um, or he's not even trying. He's just like he basically tells her like you may think we're strangers but I know you and it's only a matter of time basically is what he (laughs) says at one point but this is what he says right after she talks about being strangers and he says but we are as strangers even to her ears the protest sounded weak and what of it strangers fuck. (laughs) <laughs> he moved his mouth to her ear and softly growled. They fuck in inns, in private rooms, and shattered corners. They fuck beneath the stars, atop a pelt of northern fault, with your thighs spread wide and your cunt wet from my tongue. Every night we could be strangers. So dark it would be when I covered your body with mine. You would not see my face. You would only feel me deep inside. And I was like, hey, rats, <laughs> welcome to the party. I like you with this. Like, you're like, okay, you think we're not going to be together? But, like, mm-hmm. we can be strangers and still have a little fun. There was a lot of dirty talk in this book. There was a ton. I loved it. What did you think about the fact that he was always in control? Like, she trusted him to remain in control. So they they talk about going back to their their youth when they, like, sort of learned lust and and sort of sexuality with each other. But she trusted him not to take it into actual sex and that he would be the one to hold back because she couldn't. And then even as adults, like, she trusted that he would be, like, she would let go and he would let her fly and she would, he would be the one to, to Not, restrain himself until their moon night. Right. Nice in theory. And, but I'll tell you why not nice in execution, okay? Because one of my things, so, okay, uh, about Arax as a character, he's, he's good, right? And his biggest, I think one of his biggest good things that I was like, big points for him is that he was willing and down, verbally expressed, down to bottom, and then he never did. 
He never did. He said he would, and he never did. And I will not forgive him for that. Because there's a whole quote. Wait, what do you mean? There's a whole quote. Oh, I, I, this burned in my mind, okay? There's a whole quote uh, the first time they get together where they're like, dirty talking, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, would I be under you? And he's like, above me. So little control would I have. I was like, all right. Let's see it. I was oh. like, okay, bring it my way. It never happens. And like respect on my man's name oh. for being willing to bottom. But then I didn't get to see it. It's another promise that was left unfulfilled. Mm, yeah. That's no, true. No. But I mean, you know. Also, she's like an in-shape warrior. She's an in-shape yeah, warrior. Yeah. So I think she would be do a really good job yeah, I think it would fit her character. She's like rides a horse. Exactly. I think it would fit her character as well. I think so. I also, so here's my, here's my thing about it. I love it especially in their flashbacks, because I think that that's, like, a great showing of, like, how much he loves her and his sort of moral character. But also she describes his, like, savagery. So when they're children, or, like, young teenagers maybe, they see, I don't know, I guess they must have been children. They see um, these hunters who are killing their giant cat's mom. And they know it's wrong and they're trying to sort of sneak away because these are adults like hunters, but the hunters come after them and try to kill them. And so she pulls out her sword and he just like, she describes him as being attacking the way an animal would attack, like full predator mode, like rips out one of their throats with his teeth, like slashing hamstrings and stuff. The way that he watches predators fight because he hunts in the forest and he's hunted since he was like four years old to keep him and his mother alive. And she describes how, like, he looks at her and is, like, worried that she'll be afraid of him now. And she's like, no, nah, like, that's you. I'm down. And she even describes later, like, the other, like, politicians and royals and stuff are looking at him and don't realize that he's the predator and that they're the prey and stuff. And I wanted that, like, predator energy to enter the bedroom and enter the chase for her. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Where he's, like, overcome. It did happen a little bit when they finally had sex. Where they were, he like finally like relinquished control of that. But there's something so like sexy in books about someone who like can't control themselves. They can't stop. They can't like you're so much that they like even like have an orgasm early because it's like the sight of you is too much or whatever. Like that feeling of overwhelm I think can be really sexy but I did like that it was consistent for his character but I did want him to unleash some like some like primal savage like put her on all fours like (laughs) you know like let's go to pound town I was waiting for Mm -hmm. it or her riding him or whatever just I wanted it to be a little bit more savage once they actually had sex yeah he was definitely more uh he was definitely more of a sensitive so I was you know I was reading um for this other stuff uh, that you were having me do. I was reading this novel about romance novels, uh, uh, this, like, person studying them and things like that. And they were going through, like, the different types of heroes, uh, especially in modern romance novels, because there really is only two, which is either there's, like, the alpha male hero, which is most of what I think you, you read on this podcast, but then there's also the sentimental hero, which we read very, very little of, and he was definitely a sentimental hero. Even his, like, his very first line, which is actually, I think, one of my favorite lines, I think was very, it was very sweet, is the first line of his perspective, which is, many times since leaving Koth, Koth? Were you saying Koth or Koth? I said Koth, Koth okay. 
That's just because I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> uh, he says, many times since leaving Cuff, Arax's eyes had tricked him into seeing Lizen where she wasn't. That was such, so, mm. that was such a romantic line. Yeah, he was definitely a cinnamon. He yeah. had that cinnamon in the middle, for Sentimental sure. Sentimental hero. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, I think, you know what's funny is I feel like we have read a lot of alpha heroes in a row, partially because, like, just in general, there's a lot of alpha yeah. heroes out in the romance landia, but also because, like, the genres that we've hit in a row have been very alpha, like dark romance, mm-hmm. all alphas, mm-hmm. alien romance, all alphas. Mm-hmm. Except Strange for that's love. not true. Strange, Strange love, love was he was definitely yeah. a little cinnamon, little babe baby. Yeah. Um, and then fantasy, you know, tends to have fairly alpha like adventure sort of uh, heroes. Um, we'll have to see. We'll have to see if we can find some good, um, change it up a little bit and see if we can find some good ones for historical. And then obviously our holiday mashup, we hit all the, all the genres all the time. So we usually have some good, some good like squee moments Mm -hmm. around, you know, the, the country boys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh yeah. I've never read a uh, country, a country boy novel. So we'll see where that goes. But, uh, yeah, they, I, I feel like you're going to like them. Except for a lot of time. We'll have to see if we can find one where they don't, don't have babies. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> they, they but you know what? We'll do we'll do gay cowboys. Okay. And typically they don't end immediately in a baby. They end in like sometimes in wanting to have a baby or thinking like, oh, we're going to have kids in the future. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they adopt one or something like that. But for the most part, obviously, they aren't like getting pregnant that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, reasons. hopefully, we'll find ones where there's no baby yes, horror we'll find nightmare. One. We'll do it, Jane. Okay, thank we'll you. I appreciate it. it. I appreciate the thought. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. I was going to say, I think about Arax. Uh, this is what I've been really leading up to. Is he was made very likable mm-hmm. by the one true great character of this book, which was only barely mentioned, which was the white saber-toothed tiger, Cave. My favorite character. Oh, how I, I love Cave. What I wouldn't give. To have a white yeah. saber-toothed tiger who will kill, who will kill, who all who threaten and annoy me. Yes, yes. Like who literally hates other people yes. so much they only let you touch yes. them. They only let he only lets the two of them yes. touch him. Everyone else, he's like, I'll yeah. kill and he, you. And he like cuddles, he cuddles with Lizen. He like hangs out with Lizen, yeah. but everybody mm-hmm. else. Um, mm-hmm. I was reading the Smart Bitches review of it, and they said they wanted mm-hmm. a uh, Cabe fan club T-shirt, and I'm definitely on board with that. <laughs> I would buy it. I would put money into it. So let us know if you want a Cabe fan club T-shirt, and we'll make it happen. Yes, we will. I I thought the character was great. I wish that there was more. Like I wish that there was more, especially towards the end with him um because obviously he features in the book all all throughout Mm -hmm. and it turns out that they found out at some point that he's like really a magical creature and that people can use his blood to do sort of like blood magic which is why his mom was being killed at the beginning of when they found him and I, i like he does factor in but i wish that there was more and also just like great character. I also thought Siri, Sari, Siri, S E R I, Sari. I thought she was super fun. I thought like one other thing about Arax that I wish is so she describes how like he he was letting like the counselors like push him around and speak for him that he didn't have he was talking about how he like didn't have any power in the palace and stuff like this. And 
I wish that there was more of him acknowledging, A, he either did it on purpose, like, oh, I've chosen to appear weak and appear like I don't understand the lessons so that I can figure out how to release all the souls. Or alternatively, like she was gone and he just didn't know how to do it all on his own. And he had no one that he could trust. And when he found her again, he remembered like his purpose and his center. And that allowed him to then like reclaim that sort of power that he inherently had. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really feel like we got a description either way. In his own mental thing, it felt like it was the second. Like he didn't feel like he had any power. Um, and even like later in the book, they say something like he went hunting with the cat and he comes out of the woods, like with just a loincloth on just like blood and gore all over him. Like they're both dragging animals that they just killed. And she's like so happy. Cause she's like, there they are. My two favorite people <laughs> covered in blood and gore. Um, bringing me meat because they love me and everyone else is just like what the fuck because they've all because they've only seen him as this you know princeling and they all forgot that he spent you know the first 25 years of his life or whatever in the woods hunting and killing and that his his cat who comes with him everywhere isn't some like tame cat but in fact a lethal Mm -hmm. predator too But I wish there was a little bit more depth to that. Either he acknowledged it to himself mentally or he acknowledged it to her. Like when she's like, oh, they, they, cause she says something in her mind, like, oh, he's the wolf in sheep's clothing. And I wish there was, there was like a button on that where we got a little bit more depth into his character of like, I don't know, like you were gone and I'm trying to do this Mm -hmm. on my own and I don't know Mm -hmm. what to do. And she's like, let me help you with this burden or, you know, I don't know. It just didn't quite work for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I think actually that's kind of a problem with both of their characters um, where you're kind of given everything in the beginning and then you don't really get much more into their characters for the rest of the book. Um, And that was my big criticism Mm -hmm. of Lizen is that like technically both of them have character growth where like he comes into his own as like a crazy whatever, but then and then she like gets the will to live again, kind of, but like... With mm-hmm. Lizen, mm-hmm. if you describe this character to me, I would love her. Like as like like a alcoholic mercenary who has deep shame and trauma and guilt in her past mm-hmm. that she has to like overcome in a quest and then ghosts from her past return to make her question everything. Like that's a great description. But she really lacked fire to me. Like she had a little every once in a yeah. while. Like, okay. Another example of promising me something and then not showing it to me. She takes on the group of bandits, but we don't even get to see her fight the group of yeah. bandits. No, we don't get to see her fight. She kills them all. We don't get to see anything. Yeah. It's a, like It says, oh, they're coming, and she gets ready, and then it cuts to Arax's perspective after it's already happened. I was so mad. I was like really, like for the first I time, know. getting excited. And he's like, oh, there must have been multiple people fighting, and she's he's like, oh, it was just Lizen. And I'm like, is she a... Like, like, because at that point, we don't know that she survived the wraiths because of the medallion her dad gave her. We think she survived because she just got lucky, basically, and they thought she was dead or something. But the way he describes her, it's like, oh, she's like the baddest of the bad warriors. But then it's like, no, she just survived because, like, no swords can hurt her. And so, yeah, she might be cool, but, like, she's not feeling any of these hits or not, at least not bleeding from them. 
Like, I feel like even I could do some damage if I knew a sword wasn't going to cut me. I'd be like, ha joke's on you, and stab him in the neck. <laughs> and, it could have um, at least been, like, funny and, like, good uh, yeah, like that. I, yeah, I wish we had seen it and seen, like, like, I wish we had seen it and seen, like, oh, there's, like, she is so good that only, like, one person gets under her. So she's already killed eight of them, and the last one nicks her. And she doesn't bleed. And he's like, what? And then she chops his head off or something. Right. And like, I wish though that, that we knew for sure that she was the one who is doing it all. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I agree with you. I think, I, and the, the whole thing. So Vela is like the goddess that she goes to, to get the quest. Who doesn't really give her a quest, but basically she turns all, anything she drinks into water when she drinks it. Cause she's an alcoholic and needs to dry out. And then also says, like, you have to protect the first person you see. And, of course, she sees A-Rex first. And I, one thing I did like is that after words, she's, after the quest is over, um, she realizes she can taste wine again. And she's like, I really want to drink still. Like, I need you to know, like, it's not just gone. Which I thought was, was cool, cool because I, I thought that was a really nice nod to, like, the reality of disease right. and the fact that, Okay, even though this goddess, like, made everything in water for a month or two, like, that doesn't mean that the urge to drink isn't still there. Um, And I liked that he, a couple of the times when she woke up from nightmares and sort of found solace from his body, he was like, I don't mind that she's using me the same way she used drink because I want to be that for her. Like, I want to take care of her and soothe her. So, like, I I thought those acknowledgments were really nice. But I did want her to just be, like, a little bit more crazy and, like, fiery. Um, yeah. I was, like, not. I was, She's yeah. just, like, sad. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was riding with her, but, like, <laughs> she's, okay, she's a fighter, but she's really depressed because she saw her dead and soldiers die and then there was yeah. cast out of her home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's all right. great. But there was right. no solid moment to reignite her and give her a real purpose again. It was just, like, right. this push and pull of, right. well, I haven't gotten to actually sleep with Arax yet. Hmm, Arax doesn't want me to die, so maybe I shouldn't die. I'm not so sure. And she never, like, decides, decides, right. you know what? I want to live, like, for yeah. this other purpose. Right. Like, I, I found my purpose again, right. um, which is disappointing. And again, you don't get to see any more depth in either of those characters. And I think because she didn't really have a spark, her relationship didn't really have a spark for me. Like, they had a couple good scenes, I but I was kind of like, like, ah, okay, whatever, yeah. if they're together. Yeah, yeah. I was more excited about the princeling and the Sari right. <laughs> and like, oh, are they going to be the characters in the next oh, book? Oh, are they? Because like, I, I don't know, but, but well, presumably they're going to be in one of the next books because they're in the, they're going to all go together to keep fighting the right. destroyer and stuff. So, and like gathering the armies. Mm-hmm. So presumably there'll be one of the books, I would assume. Mm-hmm. And... I was, like, all excited about them because I was like, oh, they have a lot of conflict. It's, like, duty before. It's, like, Erex and Lizen really didn't have – because they were both already in love. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't the problem. Yeah. Them being in love wasn't the problem. And he even, like, acknowledges – he's not even supposed to look at her or talk to her. And he, like, marries her before they even get back. And he's a prince. Yeah. And just, like, <laughs> princes can't just marry people. Yeah. But I was like – Okay. And then that writes her and name. There was in the no book again. real like even his advisors didn't say anything about it. And I was like, the advisors should have been like counseling him not to do yeah. this and like you can't do this and it's not legal unless the king yeah. does it. Yeah. And like they're this the obstacles in their way, like I felt like went away too fast or just 
nothing kept like kept them choosing each other it was just like oh it's inevitable like we're together and that doesn't make for a very like exciting journey yeah no i agree i agree but like the other two with like stolen kisses Mm -hmm. and like duty before honor and all this like i'm like oh that's yeah that made sari's character really interesting that she was like she was very like Mm -hmm. resistant to being with him because she cared more about this other thing than him which i like in a heroine that's one of my favorite things in a heroine when she has a really really uh like She's like, my duty is to protect your sister, who is the empress. And if you're there too, how will I decide to save you or to save her? What if I save her and you die? It will kill me. Or vice versa. If I save you and she dies, then I've revoked all of my vows. And I was like, oh, that's a good conundrum. And he's like, I'll wait for you because I love you. He's like, wait, you love me too? She's like, yeah, you've been yeah. dummy. Have you, missed, have you been missing everything? <laughs> I'll die. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, I liked their little me characters. Um, what did you think about the final, like, battle? Um, it was okay. I think that, like, souls in the basement is, like, a fine, a fine thing to fight about. Yeah. Um, I liked, I guess I kind of liked the gods and goddesses involvement in it and that she died. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. This dispense wasn't really there for me for it. I agree. I agree. I thought it was kind of a boring battle because like I already knew what was right. going to happen. Right. I felt like, like I, I felt like, oh, I know who's going to yeah. win and like she's going to die, but oh, she's, she's not really, really going to die, die obviously. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, you know, and the god comes and saves her and gives him a string so he can, like, be alive mm-hmm. with her and healthy. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. cool. So you guys are, like, superheroes. You're going to, like, lead the charge against the Destroyer now because you're superheroes? That was happening. I also, like, I mean, I'm happy her family accepted her back because, like, I don't ever want anyone's family to, like, shun them. But also, sure. like, sure, they should have shunned her <laughs> and been worried about her showing yeah. up until... And then she tells her mom, she's like, I married someone who's above the law. And I'm like, is yeah, he what? though? Because uh, hmm. then he could have come after you all this time ago. The yeah, yeah, wait a minute. Going on? <laughs> wait, yeah, he's been by the law. And then, like, I didn't feel like they resolved his, what is it, like his half sister or something like that. Um, or no, his cousin, because it's his uncle who's the king now. So it must be his cousin who's the daughter. Um, I don't feel like they really resolved, like, okay, the dad, like, who's in charge now of this kingdom? Is he king now? Or is that guy still alive and he's king? Mm-hmm. Like, what are they going to do now? Like, so usually in a quest sort of series like this, I would be very clear on like, where's everyone going and what's the next big bad? And I feel like in this, like, I really don't know, are they staying to rebuild or are they all leaving together to go help the Southern group? And, like, where does that mean they're going? Like, they're, I don't know if there was a map in the beginning of the book because I, I read it on mm-hmm. Kindle. But, like, are they going to the next city? Or, like, I, I don't know. I just felt like, I'm like, who's next? Mm-hmm. Which main characters are next in terms of the romance? Right. Because the other thing is, like, at the beginning of the last book, these two wouldn't have been in the last book because it was in a completely different side of the realm. And so the last book must not have also had, like, a clear... 
who's next. Because right. a lot of times in the fantasies, like, you meet the next, like in this, you met the prince, you met Siri, you like them enough that you're excited to then go with yeah. them and see, like, what's happening in their romance. Yeah. Or at least there's one character and it's like, oh, I really liked the cat and now this saber-toothed tiger is going to meet another <laughs> saber-toothed tiger. We're going to have a saber-toothed tiger romance. <laughs> you know, something like that. Um and I didn't feel like, I don't feel like I know where it's going. No, I, knowing that about the first book, what it sounds like to me is that each different book will be a different part of the realm or the world deciding to join the Alliance, where I thought what, it would have been cooler if the, like, the through line of the whole series was gaining allies. And like the second book, the way they set it right. up was we're going to travel together to find more allies. But then they really didn't. Right. And then at the end, it's like the whole, no. they like total sidetrack to, oh wait, let's go back to where we came from at the kingdom. Forget the whole thing we were supposed to do when we were going out. Uh, let's get married instead. And then we're going to go back to our kingdom and then release the secret souls in the secret basement of the secret castle. Like the crystal palace. Like, I don't yeah. know. It would have been cooler. Yeah. And especially with high fantasy, you're looking for like political intrigue and stuff like that, which would have been yeah. like what it reminds me of is um, part of what I liked about the Throne of Glass series where Selena mm-hmm. had to or what was her name later? Aelin? Something like that? I forget. Um, but she had to, um, she and the people that she had accrued through the series had to convince the mm-hmm. um, like royal guys and the people of their kingdom mm-hmm. and of other kingdoms to join them. And it was difficult mm-hmm. because they had their own agendas going on and like said no sure. and they had to convince them. And that was like a really interesting part of that series uh, to see. And then it, there's a payoff when they actually finally do decide to help and when they have their all the armies come together. Like That is a payoff as opposed to this where it just seems like everyone's just going to be And like, there's also like a large part of that series where you're like they're not going to yeah, come. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. us. Like no one is coming and we're going to have to figure out how to fight and we're probably all going to die but we're uh-huh. still going to fight together anyways because we love each yeah. other and like we're willing to stand against evil. Yeah. Which is a really wonderful feeling. And then when the other people finally show up at the last minute to help and the relief that you feel as a reader because you're like, I didn't want them all to die. I like them. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Also the, also the, um, what's her name? Margot, what's the crow? Um, Margot, what's her name? The queen of, the queen of the iron teeth. Oh. Who becomes the queen of the iron teeth. No, no. Is it Margot? Oh my gosh. It's not Margot. It's uh, Manon, Manon. Manon. Yeah. Oh, Manon was my such, G. I I'm love obsessed Manon. with her. She is such a cold obsessed. bitch. I am obsessed. She's, She's amazing. Yes. I liked her. I thought yes. that we ever that she had a thing with Dorian that was never explored. Yeah. Which I liked. Thought they had like a cool thing going no, on. No, it was though. It was like I mean it was explored in, in the bit. sense that it was like They got together. Yeah. It was like explored it. But not like, yeah. yeah. There's like a really cool scene yeah, in yeah. the last book when they're all kind of leaving where, like kind of leading up to like a, a sequel maybe, not a sequel, but like another book with them where she has, she's riding her awesome freaking dragon, which also she's a witch with a dragon. Like that's so cool. Yeah. She has her dragon and she's like perched on like a turret somewhere and Dorian's like looking outside the window and it's like yeah. just super mm-hmm. far away and he can't really see her eyes, but he knows that she's looking at him. It's like, oh yes, it's uh-huh. so good. So good. I so know. Good. And her whole journey journey is so epic like there's so much defeat I feel like in this book there wasn't enough defeat for me to feel good when they won yeah they were doing great every turn every it was all working out for them (laughs) even with their relationship (laughs) like 
Because, like, how much... Okay, it would have been really sad. I would have cried. But, like, how much better would it have been if their cat died? Oh, ooh, or something. You yeah, know what I mean? and that, like, ties them together. Or, like, if some... Yeah, yeah or, like, or like the cat gives its life to save right. that, save right. her. And that's why she decides, if he's willing to save me, yeah. I have to, like, save yeah. myself. You know what I mean? Like, there needed to be something yeah. Agree. Totally happening. agree. Also, Throne of Glass is a great series. You guys, do you think that we should talk about that on we the podcast? Because yeah. me and Jane could do a side series. About <laughs> I'm just I saying. have a lot. I could reread it. It's been a bunch. Lots. lots. Oh my god, lots. so do I. It's such a long series. And in general, also, just as an FYI, we are going to be reading the Folk in the Air series, which is a trilogy. It starts with the Cruel Prince, and we're going to do a quick little uh, Cruel Prince trilogy ditty in between this season and next season so keep your ears peeled for that that's gonna be super i'm very fun. excited the cruel prince is one of my favorite series i think i told you that actually i think that was in my initial reach out email mm-hmm. to you for this job <laughs> was that i really like the cruel prince series. it was and i i called shawnee and i was like oh somebody likes my favorite book <laughs> i was like so she's good. getting the job <laughs> yeah so that'll be exciting very fun yeah okay you guys i feel like we've gone through pretty much uh, the whole book. Let's take a quick break and let's come back with our ratings. Dear Romance Besties, if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com forward slash romance at a glance to check out our awesome perks, including stickers, watching movies with us, naughty book boxes, and you can even be on the show. Can't be a patron? You can still support the show by purchasing books or things we recommend through our affiliate links on our show notes and our dope ass website. Thanks for the commish. Or you can leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts. Screenshot your review, send it to us on Instagram, and we'll send you some stickers. Now, Bridge, let's get back to the ratings. Yes. Okay, sweet Jane. What did you think of Lizzie? What did you give our fair heroine? Lizzie, I gave a three. I think she was hot and she had some cool stuff, cool makeup, cool promise, but not a lot of follow through. She should have topped Arax. That's my, my biggest complaint. <laughs> She could have topped him. That's my biggest complaint. (laughs) I also gave her a three. I think it was really funny, not related to her character, just in general, that the cat was like near them while they're banging. And they describe (laughs) it as like, he's never interested in humans, though. Like, he just never cared. I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like you said, like, first of all, I thought she was like, I wanted the difference between her at the beginning where she's like, an alcoholic who's just looking for her next drink and has like lost almost all of her sense of like dignity Mm -hmm. and caring and stuff. And you see that spark when she realizes he's behind her and she's like, I gotta Mm -hmm. go. Like I gotta get the fuck out of here. Cause I might not, my soul might not survive seeing Mm -hmm. him again. And I didn't feel like we ever crested that apex and I wanted her to go a little further. Um, so I gave her a three. I also gave him a three because, again, like, I think he was a lovely, good character. And maybe he's, like, verging on a four. But I also felt like he was just kind of, he was, like, too good. Like, there was not enough um, to him. So, like, if he had been really good but also playing, like, a devious political game right. to try to get these souls free, like, that's a four or five character. Yeah. If he had been resoundingly good but had lost his way because of her being gone and him not knowing what to do, you know what I mean? But, like, there just wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just Layers. good. Like, yeah. he was just a good man who yeah. loved her. And that was kind of the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it could have, if they had given him a few more layers, it would have 
probably added more tension in their relationship because I like like what you said about maybe like doing a devious political scheme. Like if there had been if they had resolved the misunderstanding, right? And Liz would be like, okay, so I understand why you did that. But I actually still have a problem mm-hmm. with the way you went about that. And I've been miserable and like not that I'm your responsibility, right. certainly not. Don't think of it that way. But these are the problems I have with you. And then that could have led him to like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, maybe I messed up, but but no, I have to be right. But then right. and then changing through the book and getting some like moments where he's like, Oh, maybe I was wrong, and then her, right. like maybe I was wrong. And then that would have made them getting together together even more rewarding. But yeah, they're both threes for me. Yeah. Um, I thought he was definitely a McDreamy. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. wanted him to be a McSteamy. I feel like he verbally was a McSteamy, yeah. but I feel like in the yeah, sheets McDreamy. was a McDreamy. Appreciated the yearning, but yeah. Yeah, some real classiness in the sack, which is is totally fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but again, like you said, like they didn't quite have that spice. No. Like they didn't quite get to it for yeah. me. Um, did you have a favorite line? I did. Okay, so it's when... He's, he's like, he says he's a virgin, and she's like, oh, I'm, like, really surprised. And he goes, I'm pledged to you. Do you think I would ever touch another? And she's like, mm, I don't know. Like, I was exiled, and my name was struck from the books. Uh, and then he's like, what of it? And she's like, nothing at all, except that I vetted hundreds of men and women after leaving Koth. And he says, his eyes narrowed all at once. That <laughs> was funny. And I'll tell you why I love this. You already know. Another casually bisexual heroine. Very good. I approve. Yes. And you know what? I got the vibes, too, in how she interacted with the other female characters. Like, in the beginning, with the woman who's on the quest, like, the silent woman who's on the quest. I think her name's Lena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some mm-hmm. tension. Honestly, they had more tension than a <laughs> had with her. Um, so much respect and love for that. The vibe was there. What about yours? Um, mine was, this is after they've finally consummated and they're back at the end. And he says, go to the bed and wait for me in the manner you wish to be fucked. All else will be as I want. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. I accept. Yeah, yeah, this sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then they describe her like waiting there and like getting antsy, but like getting really aroused because she's like wondering what's going to happen. And I was like, yeah, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> sounds like a dream. What about review? Do you have a favorite review? <laughs> I did not have a favorite review today, Jane. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't choose one because oh. my mic stand I just got in the mail and it's wonderful and it holds my microphone steady, which is a <laughs> real uh, benefit over the last one, except for that I couldn't figure out which screw to loosen or tighten to get the tension right. And so I did not have a favorite mm-hmm, review. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, All this mm-hmm. to say, I did not have a favorite review. Tell me. That's okay because I have one. I will. So this one was two stars, which is, this is a little meaner than I would be, but I still, uh, the romance, this is from Jacqueline J on Goodreads. She said, the romance part was totally lame. The hero and heroine were apart for reasons. The heroine had become a drunk mercenary, but the minute they meet up again, it's all better. Absolutely no conflict between them at all. Let's save the world together. And to top off the Sunday of the Sunday of mediocrity, the author still insists on using the awkward sentence structure, which is meant to make me think this is a grand epic fantasy, but in reality just makes me pissed every time she sticks it in. Uh, and then she has a little example, which is what I was talking to you about earlier, which was, perhaps the goddess could not even hear them from the island, but no chances would Lizen take. She prayed, she prayed fiercely until Cave licked her face, and then no more time could they waste. It's like, over and over again, and at some point I was like, mm-hmm. mm, okay, let's talk like normal people now. But yeah, <laughs> that was my view. Well, I think I agree with that. Mm. I think, I mean, I think it was a better fantasy than it was a romance. Agree. 
Although even then, the fantasy kind of... It was definitely a fantasy with romance, yes. I would say. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I would say it was a three. I think it was like a strong three. I don't think it was a weak three. I think it was a strong Agreed. three. I certainly would be intrigued to read more of the series or maybe even go back to read the first book to see, like, because everyone loved that book so yeah. much, see what was going on in that book. And then also, like, obviously, if, like, Siri got a book in the future, I might be, like, just, like, kind of dip mm-hmm. in, see what's going on with Siri, see how she's doing with the prince. Yeah, yeah. And all her responsibilities. Yeah, um, it's not a hard pass. But, yeah, I mean, I believe this was the second, definitely not a hard pass. I think this was the second book this author has ever published. Is that right? Did I make she is, no, so this is Millivane is another name for the author Mel Jean Brooks, and she has a lot of other books it's this it's the second book under the name millivane i think but mel jean brooke is the author of like a ton of other romance novels just not i think fantasy maybe okay Okay, cool well i mean i think she's done a strong job she's a good writer she's a good writer these books yeah these books have had very very good publicity i mean the first one heart of blood and ashes i mean that hit the bookstagram so hard i was very tempted to get it because of the cover but i did not purchase it last year when it came out and i mean i can see i can see berkeley it's published by berkeley i can see why people are uh checking it out yeah yeah and we're gonna have her on the show so we'll hear so we are gonna have her on the show very exciting so we'll hear more from her and she does have I, i would probably read another book by her um and i would hear what you have to say about the books i don't know if i'd go into this series anymore but i yeah again not a hard pass three it's a solid yeah for sure well jane i thank you for being my co-host on today's episode you're welcome i'm excited to dip into some ya with you i'm very pumped very pumped i have um uh coordinating rings for the cool prince that i will be wearing one is a sword (laughs) wrapped on my finger and the other is a snake i do it's i'm very excited to wear them I am in love with that, and I do not have coordinating jewelry. In fact, <laughs> I am not sure which box contains the jewelry that I have. It is still unpacked, um, but I will definitely be there, and I will be ready to talk all about Jude, sweet, oh, sweet Jude, oh, and yes. all of her epic, epic just layers. She's got layers. And maybe some guests as well. Who knows? It's a surprise. We don't know. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Hooray. Okay. Well, until next time, may books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.